It's often around New Year's that I start to get a little bit melancholic. For some reason, the turn of the year always opens up deep reservoirs of memory, particularly emotional memory. And with each successive year, of course, that well gets a little bit deeper, it seems. And maybe it has something to do with the fact that the Christmas crowds are gone. Maybe the empty space that's under our Christmas tree, or the appearance of many Christmas trees now at the curbside awaiting pickup. Today is the ninth day of Christmas. Yet much of the world has moved on so much beyond Christmas tide. The New Year's festivities are winding down, and what may seem like a long slog into January lies ahead of us. So it's a little bit typical for many of us to feel a bit down after the holidays. The mystery is gone, the presents are open, the fervor of the festivities are behind us. Maybe it's a little bit like Mary and Joseph waking up one morning and realizing the awesome responsibilities of parenthood and the long, sometimes seemingly endless, sleep-deprived nights that come with a newborn. Adding to the stress of their story, this past week we recalled the Holy Innocents, one part of the nativity narratives that have the Holy Family fleeing into Egypt to escape the horrific machinations of King Herod, who brooks no rival for his throne. That puts our post-Christmas blues in perspective a little bit, perhaps. But just the same, our carol in the bleak midwinter reminds me of this time of year. We don't have frosty winds, perhaps, but we have the bone-chilling, damp cold. The kids have to get up again early for school tomorrow. We have to go back to work. Our routines start up again for the new year. As we scramble still, in our parish and in our households, to button down the leftover business of the year past. Jesus' birth has come into the midst of this and remains with us even as the tinsel comes down. The decorations have been put away. We're packing it all up, yet Jesus, the Christ child, remains with us. Still, part of me struggles with the question every year, why aren't things different, or at least more different, after Christmas? My expectations have not been met in some fashion or another. When I was small, it was the gifts I didn't get. Now as I'm older, it's the emotional content of the season. I wonder why I sometimes feel sad. Wasn't the Messiah's birth somehow supposed to end the arduous slog of this life? And then today we recall the wise men 
who make their journey following a star. You see, they too have to deal with the vicissitudes of this life, the ups and downs, the winding journey. And even as they approach their destination, they have to deal with Herod too. And it's clear his real motivation is not to go pay homage to the newborn king. Rather, he wants them to go and do a little reconnaissance mission for him. Find out where he really is. Then come and tell him. For them and for us, the world seems to continue in its usual pattern. Gone are the glorious visions of shepherds and the inspirations of praise. In their place, what they have is a fragile, flickering light of a star, a light of hope that beckons them and us through the long journey to the manger, the journey towards epiphany. We reckon during this long journey with all of the business as usual that re-enters our lives and threatens like a storm cloud to cover that fragile light of hope and truth the Christ child has brought. We may feel at times we have to fight for a glimpse of the star, to keep ourselves properly oriented. We might need to struggle to find the hope that Christmas brought or that we thought Christmas was meant to bring. But it is the wise men who teach us how to approach this long journey to the manger, melancholic or not, struggling as we do with the unmet expectations of the long paths before us. You see, what the wise men do is they bring gifts rather than expectations. And theirs are the kingly kind of gifts gold and frankincense and myrrh. They give, they pay homage, and then they return to their home country, avoiding the snare of Herod. And we can assume back to their regular lives, just as we do. Should we suppose that they are transformed? Do we assume that they will bring the story of this mystery to faraway peoples? The author of Matthew doesn't tell us what becomes of the wise men. And it is in that wondering that we have put a lot of legend and story and popular culture over many, many years. But on the other hand, with that silence, Matthew reminds us about the future paths of the wise men. His silence about that reminds us that the gospel focus is not on what we get out of Christmas with our encounter with the Christ child in the bleak midwinter. Whether gifts or happiness or changed lives or whatever expectations we may have brought this year or any other year, rather the focus is on what is given. Instead of coming to the Christ child this time of year seeking satisfaction for our desires, we are called 
to give, to give to him. And it is true, most of us don't possess treasure fit for a king. A few of us have much gold, frankincense, or myrrh close at hand. I've been looking for it for the children's sermon this morning. We give something far more precious and ultimately life-changing. A gift not fit indeed for a temporal king of the world like Herod, but one that is fit for the ruler of heaven, the ruler of earth, of creation, of life itself. And so the beloved Carol sums up our call in late Christmas tide so humbly and to me so succinctly. The last verse of In the Bleak Midwinter goes like this. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what I can, I give him. Give my heart. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorNV.org. That's O-U-R S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.